Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. The Cleveland Browns, everybody. Give them a golf clap. I get it was against the Jets, but still, though, they are doing extraordinary things, to say the least. Welcome to Beck UL Daily, presented by Ben MGM, Eddie Gross, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the Beck UL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash Beck UL and YouTube, and follow us on X at Beck UL Daily. Joining us on the program today, John Daigle with his favorite prop plays for Week 17, and that is where we will begin. The road to the Super Bowl goes through Joe Flacco, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, maybe not that far, but look, the Browns have secured their playoff spot with a 37-20 win over the Jets. They cover the number. The game goes way over the total of 34 and a half. Uh, Browns do all that uh, by their lonesome. And look, Joe Flacco, 19 of 29, 309 yards, three touchdowns, a pick, passer rating of 121.2, despite a completion percentage over expected of minus 3%. This offense could be even better than it already is. And Aaron, I think the biggest stat to sort of encapsulate what Joe Flacco has done so far for the Browns, this is his fourth, fourth 300-yard passing game out of five games with Cleveland. Yeah, it's very impressive. And a lot of people thought, oh, he can't keep this up. And now he's done it in four straight games. And three of them over three are, I mean, two of them over 350 yards. It's just very impressive. He's, we find out no Amari Cooper, who's amazing. And still it was like, okay, we'll make some adjustments. I think we got to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff too. Like I wasn't really on him for coach of the year, but man, it's impressive how many quarterbacks have played for the Browns this year. 
and mm-hmm. look what's happening. I remember when Joe Flacco was on his way out in Baltimore, and it was sad. It wasn't pretty. But it was also, I think, one of those situations where it was just a divorce that needed to happen. Like, they needed mm-hmm. to turn the page. It wasn't working. But now we're seeing that, like, it wasn't necessarily that Joe doesn't have it. And, you know, sitting on the couch, like, he he kept wanting to play. He got on some bad teams whenever he did get an opportunity. And we liked the Browns. I think most of us on the show have futures on the Browns, even before the Joe Flacco thing, because of their yep. defense. Oh, yes. Yes. The uh, Browns to make the playoffs, uh, getting that money back on that bet uh, last night felt quite sweet. And Aaron, I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of that word, that D word divorce here, uh, when you're talking about Mm -hmm. like back with the Ravens and Joe Flacco, because whenever there is a divorce between, say, a team and a veteran quarterback, it's like in real life, like if there is a divorce, well, you know, much of the time, it's not that, okay, well, this one person should never be in another relationship ever again. It's just that that current one didn't work out for whatever reason. Not that the people, you know, break apart and then they are supposed to live alone and independently for the rest of their lives. No, sometimes you just need to be in a different situation and those things can happen. And that's exactly what happened with Joe Flacco. He needed to be in a spot where he could shine and utilize his strengths. And that is intermediate to deep passing. He still has a rocket arm. Play action helps him a lot as well. And having a complimentary rushing attack uh, with what Jerome Ford, you know, he didn't even have like a phenomenal game, but it was just enough to kind of keep things honest. And the situation that Flacco was in is a really good one. And he's smart enough and has the wherewithal to be able to keep the train on the tracks. And it has been super impressive to watch. And somehow through all of this, Aaron, the Browns still have an outside shot to win the division and get the number one seed. Now they're going to need some help for that. The Ravens do need to lose out at the very least. And of course, the Browns need to win week 18. But still, though, the fact that we're even talking about this outside possibility happening, that says a lot about Joe Flacco and what the Browns have done. It really does. It's amazing. And I love that, like, we're rooting or if you have a Browns future, you know, you want something bad to happen to the Ravens, which is his (laughs) former team, too. Like, just the drama. Like, you can't even make this up, you know, that it's coming down to this. But so happy for him. And it seems like the players are really buying in. They really like him. They say he's cool. Stuff like that, you know, uh, for a 38-year-old to be getting props from some young dudes in their early 20s. Like, it just feels (laughs) like, you know, when you've been around championship teams or even just playoff teams, you go in those locker rooms and you could really feel a different vibe. And you get the sense that, like, this is a fun group now. Like, they really respect Joe. He has that veteran experience. And it's working out. They're all – everyone's benefiting from it. At least the receivers are. It, it's nice if uh, you and I got compliments from 20-year-olds every now and again, just so that, you know, we could feel good about ourselves because, you know, we are we have reached uh, beyond, say, the 30-year-old threshold, right, you and me. It'd be nice if, say, the youngsters among us were a little bit more complimentary of what we brought to the table and the fact that we've still got it. That'd be nice, right? We don't do handouts right? here. Uh, well, maybe you should cool start. the show, Jake? Yeah, nice I need power rankings. I need power yeah. rankings now. Gurch <laughs> <laughs> right. number one. Oh, jeez. Uh, uh, I don't disagree. Well, then we better move on quickly then. Uh, 
Browns 35 to one to get the one seed uh, for the playoffs. Like again, very much an outside chance. Baltimore all but has this wrapped up, but the Browns can still do it. Would you sprinkle a little bit on 35 to one to get the one seed? I mean, are you tempted at all with something like that? No, not really. I think I bet Super Bowl at what 50 or 60 to one. So I think I'm good on that right now. The real okay. question is, yeah. Paul. Paul, callback player. How you feeling, buddy? (laughs) I've made made peace with my decision. Look, I'm right back where I started, at even money, which is okay. I mean, it's a cool story. I I laid it out yesterday, Hawk. I was like, people want to keep splitting twos against the face card like they can and take all these kind of wannabe comeback guys. Do the stats matter? Do they not? Because if they do... Cool, he's thrown for 300 yards in all these games. He's also thrown multiple pick sixes this season. Like, I don't know. I, I just, it's but a more nebulous touchdowns. award. Yeah, Josh that's Allen great. does the same thing. It's okay. Pick sixes? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, my point well, yeah, was yesterday. Yeah, maybe not pick sixes. Right. My point was yesterday. It's not so much like the feel-good story versus what is really another feel-good story. To me, and the reason I made the bet at the time and I guess, I mean, I'm not saying I would make it now, even though it's the same price, just because there's a lot There's a lot of people you kind of got to fight off. But I'm comfortable with my decision at the time. It's the easiest PR layup in the history of the NFL for a league that cares about money and image. And look, a month ago, yeah. people talk about this war on football. Like a month ago, the New York Times is coming out with a new podcast, Youth Football's Casualties, like our victims sort of thing. And it's like detailing all these injuries in youth football. Again, my point yesterday is that like how many parents had conversations when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened and was like, are we going to let little Johnny play football? Oh, wait, this guy who went through this thing is coming back to play football. Like, that's why my point is like the feel good story. Part of it is cool. But like from just a, it's, it's awesome. It's great. But that's not necessarily even why I made the bet. It's more so just, I think the NFL is a, cold calculated business that cares about money and image and if you're talking about the future of football hey this guy survived and came back football was so important to him and it's so important to life and to everyone this guy came back to play football so that's why i made the bet i will i'm i'm comfortable with it if it if it loses it loses i the flacco story is great it it is a great story it is um but But it still doesn't compare. It doesn't compare to what happened to Hamlin. I actually think that I never ended up driving to Maryland to bet this since I can't bet awards in my state. But now I, it's almost like the uh, sports books keep dangling this carrot. Like, hey, you better make that drive. We made it at even money again. Let's go. I already missed out a few times because it's been going up and down. Maybe I need to jump on it now. It'll be fascinating to see how it plays out. So you've got a real conversation about it now. Whereas like it was other like, oh, maybe like Josh Dobbs. Oh, maybe it's this guy. Now you've got a real conversation about it. So it'll be interesting from that perspective. But yes, I still want to win my bet. And Flacco was like 250 to one like a month ago or so. You know, I mean, it's crazy. Even if you put like five bucks on that and had Hamlin, can't go wrong. Right. Right. Oh, I looked at Flacco around 30 and I was stubborn. And I decided not to. Oh, because so, you don't hedge. It is what it is. Right. That's worked out <laughs> yeah. so well for well, me. I love me a good hedge. <laughs> I'm the opposite of Paul. 
yeah right hedge too much pro hedge <laughs> anti-hedge all that good stuff yeah seeing hamlin uh, in one spot at minus 175 still the favorite to win the award but joe flacco down to plus 150 some of that may just be immediate reaction but look we have two more games for the bills like hamlin could very well play you know get significant time and if that's the case then you know perhaps this conversation is moot uh but definitely the bills do need to do their share in terms of this happening how about we move on now to saturday night and yes there is an nfl game on saturday night for those scoring at home it's the lions at the cowboys and this line has moved slightly from Cowboys minus six to Cowboys minus five and a half with a total of 52 and a half. Aaron, how are you playing? Hmm. Well, when it was at six, I really liked the Lions. This is a tough one. Cowboys seven and zero straight up six and one ATS at home. We talked about it before, Ed, like Dallas just plays like a different team at home. But the mismatch here is the way the Lions can run the ball and I think that should allow them to keep this game close. I mean, I also wonder, could this be a letdown spot for Detroit? You know, they're celebrating like they won the Super Bowl. Everyone's happy there. You get, Plus, you factor in how good the Cowboys are at home. The Lions' defense is not good, and we talk about how bad their defense is, but it's also not the worst. 14th Mm -hmm. in defensive DVOA. We talk about the Lions' defense like they're hot garbage and last in the (laughs) league, and they're not. They're literally a little bit better than middle, right? So, I don't know. Six was too many, but maybe now that it's five and a half, it's a sign I should just stay away. I I could see the Cowboys covering this number. There's so many different ways to to bet on this game. I mean, Cowboys team total over at home, 29 and a half or something like that. I think that's an easy play. Definitely go over that. Other thing too, and Aaron, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. When we talk about letdown spots, like how do we see that? What does a team do or not do in a letdown spot? Does it affect the rushing game, the passing game? Is play design really bad? Defensively, are they just not ball hawk guys uh nearly as much as they used to be like what do you think we'll see from the lions that would make us believe hey look this turned out to be a letdown spot well that's a great point because also i have written down like the the lions are also fighting for playoff seeding too and they are six and two ats in road games so there's just like so many things here that cancel each other out that maybe (laughs) this is a sign i should just pass paul so if the Lions win, like, what is the path to win? Because this game, I, like, the letdown spot is honestly the only thing that's holding me back. I, I did bet some six with the Lions. Um, so I, I can't say, oh, yeah. bet it now at five and a half. But, like, what is right. the script for them to win? Because if you want to get creative and, like, bet on a Lions win, you can stack some things together. Like, Goff 300-plus yards with Detroit Moneyline, Goff 3-plus TDs? Or, like, how how do the Lions beat the Cowboys, and how can we bet on that? Like, who is the, the weapon? Game. Is it a Goff game? Because Goff's – yeah, Goff's number is 255 and a half. That's pretty low. So – or low. is it – yeah, more like – is it Goff 300-plus, but then also the run game? Like, how would you stack something like that? I think it would Cowboys be Amon Ross St. Brown paired up against Deron Bland – 
where you have both people sort of lined up on the outside and then sort of running in-breaking routes where Bland is having to cover the middle of the field. And I don't necessarily know if that's his strength, but I do know it's St. Brown's strength. That is safe to say. And so I think those crossing patterns, perhaps off of play action, that's probably how the Lions keep the Cowboys defense honest. And then they can gash them with the run game. So I wouldn't be surprised if this is a big St. Brown game where he goes way over his receiving yards prop. And then it's the ground game with Gibbs, you know, I think sort of as the primary back, being able to gash them to where that complimentary brand of football is how the Lions kind of keep things going. Hmm. I wonder if rush attempts or something is the way to look. Sometimes I feel like that market, whether it's attempts or passing attempts, tends to be a little softer than the actual like rushing yards total or passing yards total. Um, Cause I was looking at some other props. seems like the props are so sharp. Everyone I looked at this morning, it's like they've gone over or under this 50% of the time. So it's really a matter of finding where they've gone over more than 50%. Yeah, which is not going to be easy this time of year as things continue to get sharper and sharper. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we look at the rest of the NFC playoff picture. Rams, Giants, Eagles, Cardinals, 49ers, Commanders, all coming up right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Play a good game. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Giants head coach Brian Dayball explaining why Tyrod Taylor is getting the start for the G-Men. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Aaron Hotsworth here with you. Joe has the day off. And the market, I think, is still trying to figure out how to handle this Tyrod Taylor news. Uh, Rams were minus four and a half point favorites on the road. It has since moved to minus five and a half. The total has gone down from 44 and a half down to 43 and a half. So, Aaron, how do you see this game playing out? And what bets do you like? I mean, the Rams have been one of the hottest teams in football, right? Um, Mm -hmm. they've won five of their last six. Matthew Stafford is playing very well. (sighs) Gosh, four and a half. I would probably just lay it with the Rams minus four and a half. I mean, I don't know what to make of this Giants team and Dave (laughs) ball with that. We just got to play a good football game. Wow. Thank you for that. Never heard that before. How inspiring. (laughs) I mean, it's tough. They're just shuffling around quarterbacks. So how do you know really what to expect? They have no identity on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Rams win big. So minus four and a half. I don't have a problem with that. They should win by at least a touchdown. How big, Aaron? How big do you think they can win this? Oh, is it an alt spread? you catch my drift. Are you catching my drift here? Because this is my alternate spread of the week. Let's go, everybody. Rams Uh, minus seven and a half. I think they're going to demolish the G-men. The lead story here should not be about Tyrod Taylor. Not at all. And I respect him. I think he's a solid backup quarterback. And I like the consistency in terms of play design, all of that stuff. Like, that's great. The thing, though, is on the other side of the football, the Giants are not prepared for what the Rams are going to throw at them. And look, this is going to be a game that I think will be won with the passing attack. 
not the rushing attack, even though Kyron Williams has been great. In fact, he's been number one among all qualified running backs in terms of success rate and EPA per rush. Sean McVay has been an absolute genius in terms of those outside runs with Williams and making that work. The thing, though, is one of the reasons why it's worked so well is because Williams has been facing a lot of light boxes. The Giants really don't do that. They stack it a little bit more than most teams. Uh, I believe it's the eighth lowest rate of light boxes. And so they're going to put additional guys on the line of scrimmage to try and contain the rushing attack. So that means it's going to be about Matt Stafford throwing it to Cooper Cup throwing it to Puka Nakua. And while we have seen Stafford have bad, putrid performances where he can throw multiple interceptions in key games, I don't think mm-hmm. this is going to be one of them. Either the Giants are going to win this thing outright because of turnovers, because this Giants defense gets a bunch of takeaways, or Stafford's going to throw for 300, 350 yards to his two favorite receivers, and both of them are going to go nuts. And so I like alt spread here to Rams minus seven and a half in large part because this is going to be a high-variance kind of a game. Rams are going to go nuts, or the Giants are going to keep this super-duper close and nothing in between. I don't think you can really cut it down the middle here, Paul. Glad you brought up the idea of the Giants winning outright. I do have Rams futures, so I have I have got on that in the uh, NFC. Some nice numbers, and I think a 70 is still out there for the Super Bowl. Just think there could be some chaos in the NFC. However... I will be on the Giants again. I, I think it was, yeah, it's five and a half now. So I think more than a mm-hmm. field goal, I'm pretty comfortable. And maybe, honestly, at this point, you might be able to wait. It came down, but then it went back up. So maybe oh, it gets to it six. Five and a half? Uh, so, yeah, so I, I think yeah. you could wait, uh, see, see what happens on game day. Uh, look, the Kyron Williams number, first of all, it's in the 90s, which is crazy but justified. So, like, he could absolutely yeah. have a day. And I hear the case for the Rams offense. The Giants defense is nothing to write home about. But – just Tyrod and Darren Waller like are in the locker room this week. Like, dude, let's just go, let's just go ball out and like, you know, win this thing. But like, at least have a game. Those two just like Tyrod to Waller all day. The Rams, they're not very good against tight ends. Uh, their coverage mm. grade per PFF is still in the bottom of the league, bottom five. Um, second most touchdowns allowed to tight end, seventh most yards allowed to tight end. So if you want to play the Giants money line aspect of it, again, and this is similar to the Lions conversation, you could stack something like, and Tyrod's number is very low, 197 and a half. Mm -hmm. So you're definitely getting some value. If you want to just play his prop straight up, I will be on that. I bet that last night. If you want to play 225 and a half or 250 or 225 plus, 250 plus alternate passing yards, would be okay with that. And then you could stack something if you want to play the Giants money line aspect and the, the Waller Tyrod connection. Giants money line, Tyrod 225 plus, Waller 80 plus, and a touchdown. Talk about 60 to 1. So that's the way. If you want to play the Giants money line, you might as well pick a lane and, you know, stack a couple things together. Hmm. Well, the, the Kyron Williams thing is interesting to me because, yes, it is a justifiably high number. Game script would suggest, if you're backing the G-men, that this would be going under, right? And I'm making the argument that the Rams could absolutely demolish the Giants, and Williams still can go under this number because it'll be the passing attack because that's what the defense is giving you, but they can do it. They're, they're more than capable of doing it. Like, you know, two of the top 10 receivers in football right now belong to this Rams offense. So in that respect, I think there are multiple paths for Williams to go under his rushing prop. Does that make sense as far as looking at and envisioning multiple paths? And maybe that's one of the better prop plays here. 
I'm not interested. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Because of the high variance nature of it, like if this is a Rams blowout, they're just handing the ball to them all second half. And like at that point, they the Giants might just roll over. I mean, they're not really playing for anything. And if you don't have, if you're not in the game anymore, I mean, I I see the case. I'm not I'm not playing over, but I'm not gonna try and go right. under either. Yeah, I mean. I... Anytime Kyron Williams prop, it's so high, but he still keeps going over it. I mean, I was on it last week in my five best bets, and he still <laughs> went over it by like 14 yards. So I don't have a problem with betting over it once again because he really hasn't shown us otherwise. He has been consistent. He had that one game uh, December 3rd where he had 88. But other than that, he has been over 100 yards pretty consistently. I guess against Philly, he had 53 and then the game before that, a uh, hundred again. So it's he's clearing a hundred. Okay, fair enough. How about we move on now to the Cardinals and the Eagles? Philadelphia ten and a half point favorites now eleven and a half at BetMGM, and it is uh, juiced a little bit at minus one fifteen. And we have a total of forty eight and a half. That's come down slightly from forty eight. Uh, the total is forty eight. Came down from forty eight and a half uh, just a little bit ago. So, Aaron, when you look at these numbers and the fact that we are seeing some significant movement going in Philadelphia's direction, what do you want to bet on here? Well, I feel like I have deja vu every Friday. This is a get right spot for the Eagles. <laughs> like even if they do <laughs> win, it hasn't been, you know, super impressive. Uh maybe that's just who this team is now. You know, they're not the team that we saw last year. It's hard for me to trust the Eagles right now against the spread, but against the Cardinals, I think they can win. <sighs> this is just such a big number. I I'm really torn. I think the Eagles are just sort of limping around. I'm t- I-, I love a couple of props, though. So Jalen Hurts over 242 and a half. He's gone over that eight times. The pass attempts, though, is where I really like it. Over 30 and a half. He's gone over that like 11 times. And then A.J. Brown, another prop that I played this morning, over 79 and a half uh, receiving yards. He's gone over that nine times. And I bet those both at BetMGM had the best numbers this morning. So I'll probably just do props. This is a tough one. I think they should beat the Cardinals easily. But I feel like I'm saying this again about this Eagles team every week. And with such a big number, maybe I just stay away from the side here. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. It's fascinating that when you're looking at, say, the state of the Arizona Cardinals, like, isn't it time for them to kind of push the reset? But like, okay, yeah, Kyler Murray, roll him out there. It's fine. But at some point, isn't this experiment and this evaluation process just about done? You have the opportunity to push the reset button to get a rookie quarterback on a rookie deal. Don't you need to go ahead and do that? So in that respect, isn't this more about not so much winning the game, but at least like trying out different plays, you know, looking to see what you can do and not do and all that stuff. And that's what you're focusing on more if you're the Cardinals. Whereas with the Eagles, I wonder, because they haven't been running the ball all that much, and part of that's just game script. Because these games are so close, they're having to pass the ball a good bit more. And it's like they've abandoned kind of what they're known for. And that is draw plays, swift running up the middle, all of that stuff. It's just not there anymore. And so I wonder in terms of how to bet on this game, if you just assume that either the Eagles are going to continue this passing attack because that's just what they do, or because it's against the Cardinals, that it suggests that they want to try to reestablish the run one more time because they know they're going to need to have that come playoff time. That's actually a really good point because I was looking at, okay, they're playing the worst defensive team in the NFL. So what's Jalen Hurts? What's A.J. Brown going to do? A.J. Brown had a really big game last week. So I was thinking, you know, that continues. Maybe it's a little bit of both. You know, they're up so big that they just run the ball and establish the run, you know, in the second half. Mm -hmm. I think the other thing, too, is if they do that approach, I think, especially against this Cardinals defense, I'm I'm not sure they can really do anything, it's probably going to be successful. So the play I probably like more than anything else is the over 48. So they can run the ball, establish the run one more time. The Eagles can, and they'll be successful there. The passing attack should be fine. I think this will be a Devontae Smith game, by the way. But on the other side of the ball, I do think that Kyler Murray can be successful against this Eagles secondary, which has been a a tad putrid at times, you know, over the last several weeks. And if you look at, say, what the Eagles could do to contain Murray, it's about quick pressures, right? And taking him down and preventing him from getting outside the pocket and improvising all that good stuff. But if you look at, say, how often he succumbs to quick pressures, it's only on 12.6% of his dropbacks. And that's not a terrible number given if you look at, say, Sam Howell, for instance, his quick pressure rate is 18%. Uh, So there is a significant difference there. And I do think that despite 
having some real respect for this Eagles front, I think Kyler Murray can do just enough with a quick game and his mobility to be able to get past that and sort of force this Eagles secondary to make plays. And I'm not sure they're going to. There are probably going to be some targets for the Cardinals who we haven't talked about much at all this year who will probably step up big. And so I'm expecting a higher scoring game here, much higher than the 48 I'm seeing. Yeah, I don't have much here. I mean, it's worth mentioning Jonathan Gannon used to run this defense in Philly. I mean, that's not a, that's not going to get me to the window on Arizona at 11 and a half or anything like that. But uh, Kyler's been kind of sick this week. A.J. Brown apparently is kind of upset, or at least not talking to the media. There's just a lot. Of, and Philly, like, after just being back there, they're kind of like, yeah, cool, we got a win over the Giants, but kind of want the gift receipt for that win, and they're not happy at all about it. So I – Mm-hmm. I don't have anything really on on either side. I was like so swift, maybe over 15 and a half attempts. If that's kind of the uh, game script they're going to go with, like that could be a play, I think, there. But that's pretty much it. No Boston Scott props for you, Paul? No, I'm, I'm a Gainwell guy. I, that's my Eagles. Oh, yeah. I'm a Kenny oh. Gainwell guy. Oh. So will I play first and last touchdown? Yeah, Gainwell last touchdown? Of course, I have to. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, next up, we've got the 49ers and the Commanders. Washington, 13-point dogs at home with a total of 49 and a half. Aaron, why don't you go bash the Commanders for a little while? Why don't you? Well, they're finally playing Jacoby Brissett, right? So I guess they waited a little uh, while damn to time. do that. I know. <laughs> he. I've thought since training camp he was the better quarterback, and I even heard that from some people on the team, but – Hey, I guess it goes to show why Ron Rivera is probably going to be fired. This is a nice bounce back spot. You get destroyed by the Ravens. The Niners need to play the commanders right now. Uh, We all agreed. I think, you know, as a part of our reaction that like the Niners aren't that bad, even though they lost, that was a tough matchup for them against the Ravens. And now they get, you know, the corny get right spot here against the commanders. So maybe this is an IU game. Kittle looks like Trent Williams. He practiced. So I'm not too worried about the Niners in this situation. I'd be looking at the prop side and yeah, they should destroy the commanders. You remember the uh, character from old school, I think uh, portrayed by Andy Dick, uh, who's saying, you know, like, who's tanking? Who's tanking? It's kind of that feel, right? Like, we know a couple of teams in the NFL are definitely, you know, not trying to win their games. And I think Washington is safely one of them. That's why the spread is so enormous. And I think the 49ers can cover it here. Like, what is it about this Washington pass defense that makes you confident that they can contain Brock Purdy? Absolutely nothing. What is it about, you know, Jacoby Brissett, you know, who can be good at times and spots? What makes you confident he can keep up with CMC and company? Absolutely nothing. I think the 49ers can absolutely roll in this one and not have any problem whatsoever. Tanking for Caleb. That's what the word is here in Washington. (laughs) Very nice. This is Thank You All Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, the Bucks are in the driver's seat in the NFC South. Saints-Falcons. They are still alive somehow. Our favorite plays for Saints, Bucks, and Falcons, Bears, right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. By BetMGM from BetQL. It is interesting that Todd Bowles may not have 
gotten the most respect among, say, the NFL contingent. Baker Mayfield certainly didn't. But after this season, goodness gracious, Bulls couldn't be more right about Baker Mayfield. And the Bucks head coach uh, has certainly looked way better uh, over these last several months. Welcome back to BeckQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Ed Egros and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. The Bucks can win the NFC South. Hopefully you guys got a good number in case they win on Sunday over the Saints. I know, Aaron, you have certainly uh, talked about getting that number early and uh, could be a massive payout for you. So well done there. Uh, but as far as this game is concerned, Tampa Bay, two and a half point favorites here with a total of 42 and a half. How do you see this game playing out? I think you could make an argument for a Bucks alt spread. We talked about how good the Saints defense was earlier in the season. I'm looking now because I'm like, you know, they haven't been that impressive lately. I wonder what they are, DVOA. 17th. 17th. Even the Lions have a better DVOA ranking defensively. I mean, that is impressive. Uh, so there's just no way I can back the Saints team. Don't like the quarterback. I don't think the players like him. <laughs> just nah, okay. not on the Saints. And plus, it's really the Baker Mayfield resurgence and his chemistry with Mike Evans. It's just been a really cool thing to watch. So I think you're getting value at two and a half. I'll be on the Bucks. You know, it's funny because my model actually says that it should be uh, Bucks minus one or minus half a point. And oh, so my model is telling go. me to back the Saints in this one. It's the model. It's <laughs> not me. It's not homerism. Shocking. I didn't like put stuff. I didn't put stuff into my model. It says, okay, include these homerism quotients. Yes. And so you that have way a homer. the Saints and Cowboys. You have a homer factor, I think. It's it's in there. there is you no, factor it in. There is Homer code. I have, there is no code <laughs> in my model that says to include a Homer factor. It, yeah, you your model much. has, should I bet with my heart here? Yes. Check yes. <laughs> Which of my seven teams <laughs> should I back this week? Seven. Uh, that's how much. But I'm oh, also on the Saints, Ed. I'm also on the Saints. Thank you. <laughs> Paul doesn't have Homer code either. He doesn't have Homer factors in his code when he's building All right, his well, what's the argument? Because I don't want anything to do with the Saints. Okay, it's a top-heavy defense for Tampa Bay. Certainly, they have some great players, you know, just about at every level. But I do wonder if this is a regression to the mean kind of a game for Tampa Bay, given this is a divisional opponent. So there is that. If there is a rash of injuries, I don't trust Tampa Bay's backups all that much. Uh, You know, they have been fairly healthy, and I think that matters a great deal here. I would like to see Derek Carr implement a good bit more play action. I think this is a Bucs defense that can be exploited if play action is used a good bit more. And look, Carr has the sixth highest passer rating on such throws. It's greater than 110. So that matters a great deal. He just needs some time in the pocket to be able to develop those kinds of plays. And then on the other side, like, yeah, we've seen Baker Mayfield play really well under pressure, but I don't know if that's necessarily a sticky statistic. And by that, I mean, can Mayfield continue to play well under pressure? We have seen him fold before, not so much this season, but in seasons past. And so will that happen against the Saints defense that may be due for positive regression? I mean, we've seen a a really high ceiling for them. And granted, I think that Marshawn Lattimore, Mike Evans, Evans rivalry it's sad that we're not going to see it this Sunday otherwise I think it would be way easier to back New Orleans here but I would say that the (laughs) Saints could play a little bit more zone probably cover up uh, some things with duct tape a little bit 
And I do think they can keep this thing relatively close. And look, I felt like that this was a great teaser opportunity. Put it at Saints plus eight and a half. Might be hard to find a game to pair it with. And I thought Jets-Browns might be a good place. Uh, and certainly that was fine, that that hit. Uh, but, you know, there, there may be one or two other games where you can pair this with. But I think Saints as a teaser opportunity would make a whole lot of sense here, Paul. Yeah, I, I'm aligned with a lot of what you said. Uh, I My lead was I'm sad about the no Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans because we can't autoplay Mike Evans' unders. Uh, but definitely teaser right. leg. I played the Saints at three. I don't know. If, like, if you've got a two and a half in a contest, you're running out of options. I could I could see that there. Not going to pound the table for two and a half, though. Um, you could say the Bucks' pass defense is trending in the right direction. They're middle of the pack uh, recently but you kind of look at who they've played. A banged-up Trevor Lawrence, who we didn't know was going to play. Jordan Love with no Christian Watson. Desmond Ritter and Drake London both had monster games. And then Gardner Minshew had a meh game, but he's Gardner Minshew. And Michael Pittman still went for 100. So I do think, look, Aaron, I'm with you. I don't like Derek Carr. I don't like Dennis Allen. I don't want to back them. But I do think they could have a game. I do think Derek Carr could have a game against this uh, Tampa Bay defense. And they're also... They've allowed the most yards in the NFL to wide receivers. They've allowed tight ends to beat them pretty good. Fifth most yards allowed to tight ends. So, again, if you're targeting a prop, you kind of got to play tight end roulette like Jawan Johnson. Or Ed is like one of those, you know, number two receivers, Rashid. He'd kind of have a game. You know, is it just Olave mm-hmm. with Michael Thomas still out? Um, so it's just kind of figuring out who to target with Derek Carr. But, yeah, I'll be on the Saints. And the, I did – I teased – it wasn't a perfect teaser. But with Jaron Hall getting the nod in Minnesota, I did tease the Packers. I was still caught a plus one up to plus seven with the Saints up to plus okay. one and a half. Obviously, you'd rather go through the seven, but uh, I feel pretty good oh, about wow. that with Jaron Hall starting for the Vikings. Uh, the Jaren trash talk Hall. is going to be insane in our chat because I feel like you guys are forcing forcing this one like oh i gotta find a dog somewhere let me back like i don't get it at all i'm gonna bet over mike evans over baker mayfield all of it give me you know (laughs) what give me a 14 bucks lead in the first quarter give me that give me that lead and give me that text that'll be everything i need money line bet will go in at that oh no i will wait until after because i have learned my lesson but uh You'll be here. There you know, we've be... gotten a lot of Hawk. I've learned my lesson over the last couple of weeks. We need to start taking bets on when the next time she relapses and sends a text. I don't know when, <laughs> oh, but somewhere. I know it's happening eventually. Speaking Auburn's of relapsing, I have a question yeah. for the group. <laughs> what? Where is, where is everyone at with sober January or dry January? Oh. Boo, like... tomato, tomato, tomato. Yes! No, it's no, so no. annoying. No. I think it's annoying. Like, and I have friends who call it sober January, but they smoke weed the whole month. And I'm like, excuse me, uh, that is not sober. I can <laughs> no, tell by not. Paul's face. We're, we're about to get a Paul Aspen masterclass two weeks, dry January, immediate relapse, like second weekend of January. <laughs> well, so I was waiting for the speaking of relapse, like what does everyone think about like Molly or something like that? So I'm glad we didn't oh. go there. But you're but, like, oh my gosh, uh, where is Aaron going? Yeah, right. But, no, I'll be doing a dry-ish January, Jake. Yes, I am basic like that. Damp, but damp January. Uh, my one buddy, 
damp January. I'm going to try and go like three weeks at least. Like four gets a little tougher. And then like like what happened a couple years ago, like I was even doing a whole 30 for January. And then like because the company I was with at the time didn't want to pay for an actual Christmas party. They did it the month later. And so like January 23rd, it's like here's a bunch of burgers and free booze. I'm like, what am I going to not like eat and maybe have a drink or five? So that's like how something like that ends. So like I will go I'll go for free most booze, of January. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'm a Most. cheap date. Most of January. <laughs> More than half. More than half. But like my, my one buddy and I talk about it, like we kind of mess around with the October thing too, but it's like sober curious is what we call it. So we'll be we'll be sober curious in January. What? Uh, Outrageous I, I way like to say that. The people who go from like one extreme to the other, like some of my friends who do it, they go hard like most of the year. Like, why don't you just moderate all year round and then you don't have to do a full month of sober January? And, and then That's by the, the end goal. of January, they just like get after it that first weekend. And it's like the hangover must be ridiculous. Yeah, I have a friend so who tries to do dry January, like every January. And inevitably, first weekend, she's like, I have FOMO. I want to hang out with everybody. I have to hang out with you. And then she caves immediately. Like, if you're going to do that, like, just do sopping wet January like the rest of us. Like, don't stop. <laughs> I have, like, the first time I tried to do it, it was that whole, same whole 30 month. But, like, everyone's hanging out at a bar, like, first weekend of January. And I'm just pounding club sodas. But I got through. I got through. That was that was yeah. the real test. But mm -hmm. yeah, so that? I get a text yeah. from my friend and she's like, uh, we're doing dry January, but we should definitely hang out. I'm like, I we like I didn't know drinking Weed? had to be included in a, yeah. <laughs> like, I was just really confused. Yeah. Like, what are we doing? Also, there are a lot of NA options out there. Like you can get some decent non alcoholic beers, like and a lot of bars do have them. Oh, really? Is it tomato, 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 tomato. or something? I don't know. What? Jake, you're on I'd the tomato just... thing today. It's like you're yeah. more tomatoes in you than B8 today. Bro, he's Listen. thrown so many tomatoes at me today. It's uh, It's been <laughs> two. It's been two, and they've been deserved. We I saw the, the Echo tweet. Yeah, the Echo. Yeah, that's more than yeah. two, Jake. It's like 85. Echo tweets have more than two of the well, text in two question. Ins two instances. The amount of tomatoes well, you know what? ambiguous. It made me think. So as a traveling correspondent on this show, I will implore Famously. all of you guys, you should go to the Great Tomato Fight in Spain during the summer. I have not gone. I've always wanted to go, but it looks like a lot of fun. You just throw tomatoes at people. And that's my that show. <laughs> Because I, I, it always makes me think of the tweet. Like, the, it, there's a tweet that's like, the first person to throw a tomato at someone was the biggest hater of all time. Like, I, uh, I hope to have that much hate in my heart one day for something. You don't already sneak around the Odyssey no. offices, just like tomatoes. What are you? What are you going guns. back to uh, New York? Let's, let's get to uh, like <laughs> three weeks ish. Let's get to our top uh, story. <laughs> so no, no dry January there. All right, Joe. Jeez. Bonk. Wow. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I love that Paul's coming in hot on this front. Oh, and I literally, I literally got a text because if someone else texts us, hey, a buddy's going to be in town in a couple weeks. Just got a text now from one in the group. Oh, I'm actually going to try, try January, so I don't think I can. I'm telling you, it's it's everywhere right now. 
Yeah. This right. is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, John Daigle will tell us if he's doing dry January, and he might have favorite plays for Week 17 <laughs> as well. I don't know. Coming up here on the BetQL Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.